Well, good morning and good afternoon, wherever you might be residing and listening to our delicious Tamba this morning. You, of course, tuned into the Manchildian Candidate, where the participants act their shoe size and not their age. Um, Welcome to the show today, Captain Amazing P-Boss, sitting across from me right now. Good morning. Brother, it is so, so good to be here. I'm excited. Um, Yeah, much like Big Kev. Um, I am, I am excited. Um, you know what happened to Big Kev though? He excited himself all the way to the grave. <laughs> well, unlike Big Kev, I am, I am alive. Is it too soon? <laughs> it's, a, it's been a long time since Big Kev, my bro. <laughs> a long yeah. time. Yeah. It's been a while. That's okay. It's, it's a- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a, what a, what a beautifully kept, uh, grave site and, uh, yeah, coffin, I would imagine. <laughs> it's so shiny, so clean. It's so fresh and so clean, clean. I just. Oh. Oh, and I'm, of course, uh, Captain G Man sitting across from PBOS here, and this is the Men Childing Candidate. Um, to those who are new listeners, please be advised that this contains extreme spoilers of pop culture, video games, books, and regular awesomeness. So if there are some sensitive issues and some topics of which you would love to listen to, it's probably best that you have a little bit more knowledge and experience behind them before plunging headfirst in. However, having said that, it's going to be a rollicking ride, so you might just want to hold on for the fun anyway. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, brother. So, I mean, what's going on? What are we what are we doing um, with this with this show slash P cast? Yeah, it's a very good question, uh, P-Boss. And, well, you and I uh, have been hanging out for some time now and getting to know one another's pop culture penchants. And um, it turns out we're, pardon me, rather similar in all things uh, video game-esque action films, 90s music, you name it, conspiracies even, you know, if we deem ourselves to delve too deeply. Um, So we're going to be waxing lyrical about all sorts of wonder that uh, reside in the pop culture realm. Oh Christ! I haven't waxed. I didn't realize we were. Dude, mm, seriously, we talked. I about apologize. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can actually tell now that I look a bit closer to the camera too. But you know, it's all right, man. It's okay. Yeah. There's plenty of time throughout the show. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm going to chafe. I'm going to chafe, aren't I? <laughs> oh damn it! And get that stagger walk. You know, when you look like you've walked <laughs> off a horse. It's like I've been out in the west for some time now. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an uncomfortable feeling. They're like, I didn't know you rode a horse, man. And I'm like, I don't. What's your point? What are you talking about, a horse? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> time, yeah, time to con- contact Manscaped. Um, <laughs> look, I, yeah, absolutely, dude. This is a weird thing. This is a confluence, a congregation. It's a coming together of two minds. Um, I would say, you know, brothers from, you know, separate mothers. Um, within seconds, I think, of meeting you in the professional workplace, I realised that you had a nuance to you and a level of uh, pop cultureness, geekdom, whatever, whatever it is you want <laughs> to call it, brother. But I loved it, and um, I felt a kinship. I mean, I really, I really was thinking about it. I honestly think it would have been not even thirty minutes before the first probing Star Wars kind of um, <laughs> yeah. analogy or reference was brought out, brother. Oh, 100%, man. And that's, um, that said something, doesn't it? Like if you can uh, wax about <laughs> something that's really important to you in a, in a very unique and, as you say, nuanced way, um, the Star Wars question is actually the probing question of all. If you can drop a, a Star Wars quote and someone can pick it up within the first 30 seconds, hey, man, okay, we might be able to talk, you know? Yes. 
talk off the cuff, I think, non-work related. And I think that's incredibly important, man. So well done. Bravo to you yourself, my dude, that you made it really easy. Thank you. Well, I think it. I think it's, I don't know if you've found this, but there's kind of levels of um, d- sort of determining how how deep a dude can wade in so you might you might have a like a superficial kind of Star Wars reference, which which people can party with and go, ha, 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 yeah. Then you might drop a second tier one, and if the person, I guess, you know, it's like a quali- qualification process. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you go second tier, and if the person can party with that, you go, ooh, that moves you into a small Interesting. Um, and then, of course, you know, when you – for me, it's like a three-tiered system. And once I've dropped kind of level three, it's like, yes, man, yes, let's hang, let's talk shite. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to ride this uh, shite train all the way to the station. And, <laughs> you know, I don't need a ticket. I'm hanging under the caboose at the very back and you're hanging under my feet as we go. So I'm hanging under your caboose, brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Delicious. I feel, I feel, I feel equally comfortable. But yeah, it is, it is interesting, and that leads me possibly to um, one of our first topics, which is probably one of the prime physics engines of this creation thing that we're doing, is the concept of talking shite. Yeah. And um, I think we need to spend a little time on this just to clarify in that um, I've got uh, one of my American buddies, whenever I used to refer to talking shite, he took a completely different meaning from it. He meant he thought it meant trash talk. Yeah. You know, in, you're talking shite. He thought it meant oppositional trash talk sort of stuff. And it was mm. only when I kind of went, no, brother, like perhaps, perhaps it might be unique to our culture, but you know, or perhaps it was unique to my brain until I met you, <laughs> was just, nah, man, there's a level of discussion and conversation that I want to get to that could be viewed as superficial by others, but it's shite talk and it's fun. We're not going to both stand there and talk about the weather. We're going to talk, you know, we're going to talk about Krull or we're going to talk about <laughs> bloody, yeah, there you go, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, um, man. I'm just seeing the video cover right now. I'm like, look at land. The glaive. Um, yeah. there, was, there was a classic movie that we are going to have to review, my cuz. There was a classic movie that probably should have emerged further into popular culture than it did. That's, you know... To me, a top example of second tier, but oh, I but I digress. Second tier, man. That's <laughs> whoa. That's first rung. I think of a, a really a, eloquent ladder. <laughs> got a <laughs> cyclops, man. It's oh, got a, and the castle moves. You know, <laughs> come on. I mean, get me with it, dude. I mean, that's can it. You, and look, can I can what? You rem- can you remember the bad guys? The names of the bad guys? I can't look. That's that's slayers, my bro. Ch- Slayers, oh, the Slayers. They okay, had the dual end spike gun. They'd go pow and then turn it over. Pow! It was like, oh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Such this a is win. An example, no, no, folks. It's a perfect example. Yeah, and the um the talking shite is um it's it's a it's a very funny topic to discuss because uh, some people I've discovered have a, an absolute inability to do it, yeah. and what that is is really tricky because um talking shite is in fact some sort of it's an art form. Yes. In its own right, you know, and it's when you can be talking, um, saying things with real weight and real gravity, but nothing of actual real seriousness. Yes. You know what I mean? It's uh, yes, it's carrying a conversation about kind of nothing, but 
absolutely something the whole time. It's very hard to categorize in my mind. Well, brother, it's kind of like it's kind of like the 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 conversational version of Seinfeld. So <laughs> yeah, you know, if conversation <laughs> if conversational versions, you know, if you could if you could equate conversation to TV shows, right? It's almost like. Some punters just want to do a current affair, and it's like, oh, like, mate, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even watch that in my own time, um, let alone, you know, in this finite existence that we call life. I don't want to sit there on that channel. If we can, so I'll throw out a pop culture reference. That's kind of like my channel changer buttons. You know what I mean? It's like, hey man, you don't have to do this. You might feel like you need to do this, dude, but you don't have to do this, bros. So I'll, you know, I'll fire out a Star Trek. I'll fire out a Star Wars. I'll fire out a. Ga- my thing these days too, cousy, is I fire out a gaming reference. Oh, because dude. I find the gamers out there are possibly even even more um, rare sometimes in, in in those outer circles. And when you get a gamer, so you drop in a you know a Halo reference or a Half Life or something, um, you know, or in my case, a tragic PUBG reference, and you get that. But yeah, it's kind of like can I can I throw references to hit the channel changer button because I don't want to watch a current affair. If we could yeah. get to Seinfeld. <laughs> You know, and just have a conversation about nothing with a whole bunch of what is the deal? You know, like yeah, yeah, happy. I mean, it implies that it's sort of it's not as stimulating, um, you know, cerebrally, you know, in such a way. But it's actually further from the truth. I mean, in order to have assimilated the information that we have, you've got to have a mind that is willing to suspend disbelief. And then flow with it and find philosophy and entertainment all the way through it. It's it's littered with yes. it, you know. It's yes. a spattering, if you will. Yeah, a smattering. No, a spattering. No. I love it. It's a, that's more like pellet shotgun sort of styles, you know. Well, spattering or a smattering. Well, a spattering. Is it the same sort of a spattering, you know? That's yeah. kind of like a, I don't even know what sort of technique that is. It's probably a painting technique, hey. you know, or some sort of spitting technique. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Hart, what a mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so what I'd like to say is like the, the real gimmick behind um, and, and the real drive behind us uh, doing this is to, um, to A, hang and to B, chat about things that we just love and things that come easily and naturally to discuss, yes. which in our situation is, uh, is pop culture. Um, across all mediums it's yeah. music it's conspiracies it's gaming it's uh 80s action flicks it's 70s horror flicks it's um anything it and all in between it is so as i did say at the very start there are going to be a huge amount of spoilers um for yes. those that haven't experienced some of these um little pop culture nuggets uh but we will remind customers at the very start of every little tangent, and there will be a thousand branching tangents here. Oh, um, trees, you know, the- forests. Yeah. <laughs> Get lost amongst Mirkwood, my dude, and you know, yes. need the elves yeah. to find our way out. Yes. So this is going to be the gimmick here. So um, for those that uh, have sensitive ears and want to uh, explore these things unadulterated, um, you know, maybe just uh, skip ahead thirty yeah. minutes every now and then, and yeah. hopefully we'll be on a different Look- tangent. I hope I hope at some point we're going to get. Um, we'll obviously have liner notes, show notes, that sort of stuff. So you you crazy players at home will be able to sort of see what we're talking about. Um, websites, all that sort of stuff will be up and running. 
Um, so we we may even just be sort of in the future calling what we're going to discuss or go into. So, you know, for example, if we're uh, today, we're going to be talking about horror movies and one in particular, we might list that because it might be cool for you guys at home to give it a watch. Um, and then, you know, you can feel more engaged when we talk about it together. Um, but look, I guess, I guess the ultimate vibe is this. Life is getting a little bit cray cray and rather serious. So, I suppose, you know, I've always I've always kind of viewed myself as like an absurdist nerdist. It's like, look, um, let's let's add a little bit of levity or insert some radness where we could. Because yeah. um, you and I are sort of pretty sure that the discussions that we have, I mean, we, we know there are other um, other punters out there who just would find this sort of stuff interesting or cool. Even, you know, you're doing the dishes or you're doing whatever, you know, day-to-day drizzle you have to get through throw this throw this podcast on you know and 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 sort of was it a smattering or a spattering i can't remember but you know we're we're hoping to lay you know ladle some you know either a light smattering or a heavy spattering of radness into whatever mundaneness you're doing um you know that's what i think because i enjoy um catching up with you and just having these sorts of conversations. Nay, I need, I have a need for conversations and discussions like this. In fact, G-Man, I would posit to you that some of our most uh, turgid and pointed discussions have been about, I don't know, uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek or xbox versus playstation or stuff that possibly someone could sit on the side and go oh god really you know i'll go Mm. over there i'll go over there with the adults it's like yeah please do (laughs) yeah please do don't require your opinion at this time thank you stay here with the manchildian (laughs) candidates please like stay here with the manchildians if you want to um sort of sort of wax and discuss and that's not to say that we wouldn't talk about stuff that um has has an edge to it but uh yeah, we're trying to we're trying to create a community here. And yeah, so well, it's going to be a delicious mixed bag. Like these are, as you say, turgid times. And uh, if we're not influenced in some sort of fashion um, on our path by this, then I'd be very surprised. So it's going to be a, a it's going to be a bit of a, a a wonderful gambit. And I'm looking forward to exploring yeah. this, man. I, I do, I do agree. So I mean, they we almost need to create a new category in iTunes or wherever we're going to upload this to of just talking shite. Yeah, that's um, perfect. Do you have, do you have, I'm curious, man, if you're out in the world and I know you don't like to go out in the world, but you know. I haven't seen the light of day in months. Yes. It's look, the, the, the sheen coming off your forehead. It's great. Isn't it? You can almost see through my skin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> looking actually at the back yeah. wall. Yeah. Um, I know. I had hot dogs for breakfast. All right. Whatever. Come yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, you need to chew your food. Um, chew what? It's, uh, yeah. It's, um. I'm I'm curious when you do go out into the world. I know I do. Mm. Do you have like a like a scoping questions? Do you have something that you go to to try and gauge if you can talk shite with someone or try to increase radness? Like, oh, what's absolutely. your move, bro? Dude, there's a thousand and one moves, and it's always circumstantial. You know, it all depends on the scenario that you're in. Because as I, I one of my vocations was a server. You know, I've had a lot of contact with human beings um, formerly before all the uh, COVIDness, of course. Um, yeah. But that, that is the absolute bee's knees. And it's always like a little performance. But yes, of course, there's always a way to slip in something. And it's usually a quote 
you know, a little quip. And what I discovered in my mid twenties was most of my dialogue, in fact, is you know I could derive it from Simpsons quotes or Star Wars quotes or right. perhaps Lord of the Rings quotes. Yeah. And you sneak a little thing like that in there, and if the person picks up what you're putting down. Well, that's the first gate that they've stepped through into them, you know, me welcoming them into the enclave. Um, and as you said earlier, there's tiers. There are multiple gates. Um, some people make the first. Some people don't even make the first. But there are a very select few that somehow manage to get to the final gate. I see it like Maxwell Smart, you know, in the opening of, um, oh, of Maxwell Smart. He's totally going through all man. the doors and they're shut, you know, they're shutting da, her open da, behind da, him. Yeah, da. exactly. And so that's the journey someone needs to take to get into my enclave where I trust them with yes. uh, intrinsic in- information. So there's no real defined uh, sort of template to discovering that. It's, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of things. And what about you? Do you as you're saying before, you fling a, uh, a star Trekkie, star Warsian-ism at somebody? Well, here you go. I'll, um, I'll, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. So, Let's let's imagine. Um, let's 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 put you on the spot. You're going first, okay? Let's imagine that you're out somewhere. Um, bunch of dudes that you, you people that you don't, you know, you're not that familiar with, right? So, technically, in terms of a sporting analogy, G-man, you're in the away shorts. Yeah, yeah. Um, Little tidy whities. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which you know probably probably is a risk. To begin with, so let's just say metaphorically, you're in the away shorts. I don't, I don't want you going. Uh, I don't want you thinking that I would encourage you to leave your home in in away shorts, okay, small, cool, tightly clung shorts. That terrifies me. But thank yeah, you. I don't have enough money anymore to get you out of. I can't do bail anymore, brother. We talked about. Let's take we, that we, offline. That's another and, conversation. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. So my thing is, let's imagine you're you're away. You're at some some. I don't know. Let's 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 go let's go hypothetical. You're at some, you know, you've, your 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 partner. You've got a new partner, and she says, "Come to my mate's thirty fifth, right? It's the thirty fifth birthday. It's at some restaurant. You sit down next to a dude, um, and he, you know, it's going superficial. Oh, sorry, what do you do? That sort of stuff. Give me an example. What's your what's your go to probing to say? Change the channel, cars. Change the pass the garlic bread and change the channel well that's when you sort of drop some sort of thing about one of your um you know if you're actually getting that probing question that someone's asking you requested um you can drop a little something you can find that nerdism really easily you can mention something about you you giving your gaming thumbs and overworking this weekend if someone doesn't understand that they automatically don't know what you're talking about yeah. uh, for one and if they do um, if they then consider to take it to the second level, it's like, oh, wow, okay, so you you, you, you play games as a 37-year-old man, do you? Um, and then you get an element of judgment behind that one. But if someone then says like, oh, okay, so wh- what do you play? It's like, ah, okay, first gate breached. Nice. Someone's at least to look at the game. There it is. And so that then, you know, will tumble like a slinky down some delicious gaming pop culture stairs and we'll go step by step until we're talking in the flesh about how you rearrange your inventory in skyrim and where you Uh keep all those dragon bones if you do it all 
So that's the stuff that I'm talking about. And that's, that's deep level, you know, that's what yeah, we, yeah, yeah. You've, you've immediately, you've immediately gone from the surface, you know, you're up in the clouds with Besbin and you've dived straight down to the mines of Moria. Right in there, you know, <laughs> um, right in there. And for those playing at home, a slinky, for those under 20, a slinky <laughs> is a steel spring that can go down steps, but you know, you can Google that. Um, yeah, well, that's dude. I love that. Like, I am. Um, I'm finding that's that's a. So let me show you yours. So give me a scenario. Where am I? What am I doing? All right, cool. So you have been invited to my mum's birthday. Cool. Um, and it's a very important endeavour. And I've got some very wild uncles who are on the same page as we are, which is absolutely sterling. Oh, and so you get asked. Well, absolutely, dude. And that's that's the gimmick. You see, I think people think when it comes to this level of pop culture, um, in particular, I think you know, gaming. That's that's the real one, isn't it? Because it's uh, still the general consensus that that is the realm of nerds. And I'm not going to deny that. It sort of is. But the fact is that you and I are able to hold adult and grown-up conversations as uh, white Australian men in between the ages of 25 and 50. And this is one of our outlets and one of our creative endeavors. So that then leads to the question. It's the same gimmick. When asked by my rad uncle, so uh, how do you spend your time when you're not at work? How do you roll? What's what's the question there from you? All right, I would yeah. So so I'm assuming in this scenario, I'm detecting immediate levels of, you know, slightly higher radness than usual. So this is not you know I would I would be bold, um, my bro. I'd pretty much go straight hard. I'd be going if if the question is what do you do when you're not doing work, I would my most most often now in any scenario I respond with humour. So when people go, oh, so what do you do? I go, oh, not enough. You know, I I will often fire that out. And if I get a chuckle, if I get, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, I'll tell you what I'd rather be doing though, brother. I'd rather be sitting in front of my, you know, I'd rather have my sticks in my hand, brother, you know, playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And so in that environment, I would probably lead pretty hard with A, heavy smatterings of comedy and then, I just would straight out go, well, bro, you know, normally I'd be in my hobbit hole with, wi- with wi- you know, needing only Wi-Fi, a console and some chips. See, there you go. You've already covered a bunch of bases by saying that. Yeah. You know what I mean? A direct yeah. Lord of the Rings reference. We know what that means. I, I, you know, Lord of the Rings is the second highest selling book of all time. That all time. The Bible. Yeah. So, I mean, there are certain things that we could discuss from that, which, uh, you know, bear similarities to the Holy Scripture in so many fashions. And so there you are. You've already summarized a whole lot about you yeah. uh, within one sentence. Yeah, um, exactly. And if someone's not going to roll with that, then, you know, that's okay too. Yeah. But, um, um, it may not mean that they uh, get welcomed into your inner circle. <laughs> they won't be in my hobbit hole. They yeah. really won't be in that hobbit hole, you know? Yeah. 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 No, absolutely true, man. Yeah. So, I, think, I mean. I th- yeah. I think it's an interesting, I think it's, a, sorry to cut you off. I think it's an interesting thing because what I'll do is um, I'll, I will sort of posit now that um, if I launch a, f- a scoping nerd discussion and it's not received, what I'll quite often do now is, and I don't know if you do this, but I'll try to, I'll take it as a personal challenge to try to find levels of radness within that person. So I'll try to go, okay, let's flip to, you seen any good movies lately, brother? Or, you know, what have you been watching? 
and I'll try as best I can to steer them to something towards that, which I don't know if that's judgment or whatever that is, but it's just like, this is, this is, this is what I, this is probably the only skilled oval that I can play on. If it's going to be other, other stuff about, I don't know, kids in school or weather or government and politics. It's like, uh, uh. (laughs) yeah, I know. We welcome you to the the, the town of Struggleville. And in fact, you are looking for a ministry at this point in time, the ministry for awkwardness. And I've made it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You brought up a very interesting point, though, I think about um, like the humor aspect. And that's that's one of my gigs, too. And I know that um, you and I both tickle each other's fancies <laughs> you know from time to time and i'll yeah, leave that off, one with you well often <laughs> on and off the uh, off, on and off the mic often after dinner first yeah indeed agreed. you know and always with consent you know this is yeah hundred 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 um, we're quality you did men. bring up we are quality men but we, you did bring up something really important and the uh the brilliant engaging and sometimes disarming quality that is humor and um humor i think is one of those uh it's one of those virtues that i think everybody gravitates to there's a magnetic quality of someone who is openly delightful and wanting to make you smile if not laugh at any given opportunity um and there are a few qualities you know when it comes to for, for a while you know a couple of years ago i was doing sort of like this this whole dating thing and it was not my fave you know it, i don't transfer that well to paper or to a dating app i'm just really don't because like a i don't really give a damn b i'm handsome as hell but you know not with the cookie cutter sort of generic sort of stuff that it seems that some oh. people are looking for the shallow oh, world you see brother i w- I, w- I would su- i would suggest that you would chat you would challenge all algorithms there's no algorithm that's been made <laughs> that can hold you my friend oh my brother my brother those fancies are being tickled i see uh. but it that's the thing is humor is one of those things it's a, it's a it's an incredibly important trait and what i've discovered is especially now it's a survival trait if you oh, are wow. is like, it what it really is. And if we're looking at this point, you know, we're all sort of getting, taking stock about what's important and how we're going to survive and live. Um, you know, being useful on the tools, being strong, being all of these things are incredibly important to uh, a, a survivor society. But one thing that does critically get overlooked is the fact that when you're not building, when you're not harvesting, when you're not doing all this, what are you doing? You're sitting around. And if you're not having fun in those little times when you're taking stock, if you're not laughing and having fun, well, I think you're wasting your time. And that's when fellas like us come into our own, you know, we're the ones that keep people happy, wholesome, entertained, um, nurtured and safe through the medium of humor. Yeah. And with it a small works. percentage that are annoyed, but that's fine. Uh, well, yes, but then they can sleep in the cold. That's right. It's we that call, simple. We call that collateral damage. That's fine, oh, and well, it's a small. It is a small percentage, so they can well, sleep that's right. outside the guild. But <laughs> it is. Look, it is. It is. It resonates with me. With me, what you're saying, my good dude, because I think about the role back in yesteryear um, of like the bard or the minstrel. Or the or the law make the jester, you know, yeah, the, mm. the the people that held the stories too. So, you know, I I I love I love that you brought up that. I haven't directly thought about that for a while, but that's maybe what we're doing with this podcast. You know, bards, minstrels, storytellers, 
um, yeah, I think those people are so so incredibly important um, because it's not always just the destination, is it? You know, never, no, we've never. been we've been really in destination mode, and it's like, well, you know, to use a Skyrim analogy, I can fast travel. That's cool, but if I ride upon my my steed, um, I'm going to come up. I'm going to come across a lot more adventure. I'm going to come across a lot more things. Now, that's not to say that I don't fast travel, but I don't always fast travel, and I'm discerning how and when I do it. So, I think there are times when, yeah, you've just got to, you know, you've just got to boot to the next location. But there are also times where. You just might want to tune into a podcast like this and listen to two dudes pontificate the finer vicissitudes of uh, <laughs> good word of the now. Me. Yeah, you excuse know. me. So I reckon it was really. I'm really happy that we covered. You know the concept of shite talk, and I'm yeah. hoping that um, you know punters listening at home are kind of going, "Yeah, man, that resonates with me." I appreciate someone. Uh, who has that skill set. And that's the other thing that you alluded to before, which which really I agree with. It is a skill set, my brother. Yes, it is. I'm not sure that you could go to TAFE or uni and do Shite Talk 101 um, as, and, and become as good as just someone who's not only got the skills but just has the leaning towards it. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, the exactly. inclination. That's it. And I mean, both you and I have got sort of backgrounds in music and live performance and myself. Correct. I don't know about yourself, to be honest. I've done a lot of theatre, um, which <laughs> revolves along uh, improvisation, which means you need to think quickly. Um, yeah. And that is a thing, my dude, that can't be taught. I say that with a little bit of trepidation. Perhaps it can be, you know, if you're surrounded by it all the time, I can see that, you know, especially when you hang out with somebody and you notice uh, in particular, perhaps a new friend or a new partner, or even someone who you've been with for many times, oh, many times for a long time. Um, yeah. Eventually you start picking up each other's idiosyncrasies. And yes. if that person starts to pick up your wit and speed and little bits that you, um, you know, put on the table and this person laps it up and then serves you some back, yummo. Now that's a meal that I can get behind, you know, and I'm going to invite my friends over to have a little taste as well. <laughs> so, oh, bro, you I know, love that. but that's the thing. It's not quantifiable, is it? Talking shite. You know, you can't do an essay on it. It's actually, it's a, it's a doing thing. It's the, it's, it's the verb of human behavior, you know? So we're really going to get amongst the talking shite um, um, across the man, childy and candidate for uh, all the future episodes. And I'm very much looking forward to it. hundred percent. It's the physics engine that will drive us forward. Um, Indeed. This is the so, unity engine. Yes. Yes. Um, Great engine. Oh, dude. Um, don't get me started. Well, what about Unreal? The Unreal Engine. Oh, no, Unreal Four is just ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. No. I know. We can talk. We'll talk about engines in coming we'll episodes. Go. You know. Yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> we'll go. Oh, look, the thing. I, I guess the, the final thing to wrap up shite talk is, um, and this is this is by no means do I want to blow smoke up your hobbit hole or mine. Please do. But I would also like to. Someone asked me about this about this podcast, and I said, and I paused. As I am now. You barely pause, so that means something. I know, right? (laughs) Um, You know, like I said to you the other day, I'm really bad at uh, stopping, stopping, or I never start stopping. Oh, I can't remember. Never start stopping. It was Uh, was good. But my thing is this. I said, try to imagine when two top 
tier shite talkers meet. So not only not only top tier in terms of understanding the shite talk and blah blah blah, but also brother, like you know, just it's always been such an interesting and easy um, an easy flow um, that I've exactly. had. And and yeah, I sort of I, I don't know how we touch on that in the future, but it's it's often and this is gee, this is gonna sound arrogant, but throughout those mediums that I've spoken to you about, and you have me like you know acting and, and radio and blah blah blah, I've not often met someone who can just hit the ball back, just knows where I'm going, you know, like can be can be sort of I suppose quote unquote quick, you know, because I'm pretty quick for a half wit. Um, do you know what I mean? And so yeah, that's do. what, yeah. like, I'm hoping that listeners will pick up on this. Like, I just enjoy talking shite in particular with you. Well, same goes, my bro. And the thing is, uh, what I like about it, and a good example would be that, like, as you say with the tennis thing, it's not about, it's not competition here. This is a oh. friendly, this is a, this is a rally, a friendly rally where I set you up for an easy slam and you do it and you send it straight back and we do that constantly with each other and that's the whole point it's not i'm not trying to ace you i'm not trying to beat you here. No. this is we're playing for fun and yeah so you know i'm not gonna just totally go ahead and thrash you and it's not like i could it's not like that at all but uh, hell i wouldn't want to in the beginning and that's the and that's the real and, gimmick there and let's be honest we've we've both worked in environments where it's been a bit like that it's like hang on like I, I i've been in i've been in booths radio you know radio whatever you call them the room where you do a radio show and kind of hit the mute button and and looked at people and gone what are we doing right now like what i'm sorry what the like we've all seen that we've all seen that interview with robert downey junior with that with that toolish uh, interviewer who starts trying to probe about his past and his alcoholism and uh, you know you've seen that one and, yeah, yeah. and 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 downey does it really well he goes he throws out a few like hang on wait 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 what are we doing here now like where are we going um so yeah it's so nice that you also brought up the whole non-competitive thing and you know mm. you know it's a whole us thing but um that's enough of my intimate <laughs> smattering of sentimentality no. come on uh, tell me more about me come on yeah man. come on yeah rub, i need rub, it dude i yes. need it yeah rub yeah, my so- hobbit hole now <laughs> we we are going to move on if you're comfortable with that yeah, my man. friend to the next very comfortable um do you want to do you want to sort of take us over to the next uh the next thing that we're doing Yes, I do. And um, the whole point between us, as we stipulated at the start, was to uh, discuss things pop culture and have some, you know, some interesting and stimulating conversations that uh, that we find interesting and stimulating. And hopefully through our level of uh, passion and mild understanding of the topics we've given ourselves, that you will come along the ride with us. And I I hope that you do. Um, And the whole gimmick today is why in this day and age do we see Horror movies suck. And da, do they suck? Da, da, da. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's a big bomb there, you know. And um, just to start off really quickly, like um, like I'm, I'm a fan of films. I'm a fan of horror films. I'm a fan of course of you are. Damn near everything that you can throw at me. I can see what the creator was trying to do. Even yes. if it sucks, even yeah. if it falls flat on its face, I can see that guy sitting in his room or that girl sitting in her room saying, wow, I really want to share this. And yeah. I get it. I get it. 
sometimes a lot of things happen in between the uh, intellectual property and the reality of it. And there will right. be production companies, there will be actor quarrels, there will be all sorts of guff that happens. Yes. Um, and so we're going to explore a little bit about why we think horror movies in this day and age, 2020, suck. And I don't know if it's because the reality of this world at the moment uh, going through the global pandemic. Oh, wow. It's kind of like a horror movie. It's okay. a little bit like that when we turn on the news and we look outside. So our point of reference at this point for horror films is reality. Yeah. It's a it's pretty tricky, you know. Too close to the so, bone. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask you a, a question. We've both done a little bit of homework too. We gave ourselves a little homework project, which we'll discuss in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you think, in your professional opinion, that horror films being – produced and created these days suck well gee man um i do i do want to preface the same statement statement that you got to in terms of like we both do have a, a you know a, a a nodding relationship with production and and kind of how it works like don't want to sound like um, we're big noting, but yeah, we've we've we, we've got a bit of an idea, and and yeah, I agree. I do want to I do want to separate myself or us from some people that can be just a bit neg. Like I do want to say that my God, man, we are at at the end talking about someone who has assembled a body of work and put it out there. Like, yeah. but at the same time, my good cuz, I just want to claim, you know, armchair. Um, armchair coach critic rules of just going, um, listen, you know, <laughs> this, is a, this is a podcast and, you know, we pay our taxes. Well, some tax. Um, well, I, I eventually will get around to paying tax. But, you know, we pay our taxes and, um, you know, it's a democracy and it's my God-given right to, uh, you know, <laughs> to pontificate <laughs> yeah. in what could be perceived as a negative way. Okay. Yeah. That was a very long disclaimer for no, me saying. Perfect preface. Yes. I do believe they suck, and I would like to spend the next uh, twenty odd minutes delving in. I do believe that, relative to some of the great moments that horror movies these days, in comparison to that watermark, yeah, yeah, bros, they suck. Um, yeah. Now, is this is this limited purely just to the horror genre? That's not for today's pontification, but um, I would suggest it's not. Um, but yeah, I would say in short, uh, uh, for mine, it's been a good long while, uh, since, and I've watched a horror movie and felt horror. It's been a good long while since I've watched a horror movie and not gone, oh, okay, there's our protagonist. Oh yeah, there's our antagonist. Okay. Okay, cool. You walk out. Now here's a jump scare. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, bros. And, 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 um, you know, to, to be honest with you, man, there's, there's been a lot that I've just out and out turned off. Now, when I say my good, my good bro, what's my watermark? It's not really fair for me just to get without positing what I think is a watermark. And I'm going to throw out two. Okay. Watermark, benchmark, whatever you want to call. It. Um, I would say, one is is for me the Exorcist, the original Exorcist. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. What I'm as as I told you uh, a few a few weeks ago, I was in the house alone. You know, and I everyone was out. It was the middle of the mother flipping day because I had the Exorcist on, 
and I'm here to admit it in a safe room. We're in the honesty tree. It freaked me out and I turned it off. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Dude, fear, bros. Fear. Yes. You know, like, yes. oh. And I've seen it that many times, dude. It's not like I'm sitting there going, oh, boy. You know, like, it's just like. Yeah. Geez. And the other one for me was the original Poltergeist, the first Poltergeist, uh, yes. which has permanently skewed my view on clowns. <laughs> yeah. So now uh, going really. forward, I ask you, my brother, what are your kind of what are your kind of benchmarks that you're comparing to say? Yeah, excellent question. Um, well, I'm going to have to agree with you directly on one of those, and it's number one. It was uh, the Exorcist, oh. very much so. And my experience wasn't the same as yours. It was uh, being a fairly younger child, having already been put to bed by my folks, and refusing to go to the sleep but pretending and then sneaking up and looking through the lounge room door or whatever my folks were doing because i wanted to be up watching the telly as well and what i got to see what i got to see through that crack in the door was um the the girl climbing down the stairs Reagan. backwards and it was the most terrifying and the scream that she was making and the, ah, and I let out a scream and a banshee scream. I think I woke the dead myself. Of course and you of did. of course alluded to the fact that I was there to my folks and I was swiftly taken to bed. But that image is with me for all time. And I can't forget that. Yeah, but most yeah. recently in my adult years, it was the Japanese uh, version, the original version of The Ring. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was the same thing, dude. It was the middle of the day. It Great. was a bright, hot summer's day. And it was maybe two in the Arvo. All the curtains open. It wasn't a scary scenario. But somehow that one, dude, there was a creepiness, an eeriness, an impending doom that and I think that's part of it. There's like an, an uneasiness in in the tone. You're never once comfortable. The protagonist is never once safe in your mind. Yeah. And it's unrelenting. It yeah. doesn't stop. And it doesn't rely on, I would say, modern horror movie tropes which would be the jump scare or the seeing someone be eviscerated because that is not necessarily scary you know when you know if we just leap ahead a little too quickly into Go another there. one example would be um the saw franchise which was pretty revolutionary at the time you know lee Wanell, our very own lee Wanell, doing this um and uh they were horrifying but they were gross that's a uh, Mm, you're seeing it all, you know, and it's um, it's more gross than horror in such a fashion. And so there was a great difference. That's a, that's a different brand of horror, I would say, my brother. Well, you, you raise a really important point. Um, and I do think that that's a fundamental difference in horror these days. So quite often, the great benchmarks in fear um, on cinema have been about it's what you don't see. Yes. That is... So at no point in the original Norman Bates psycho do we see uh is it Janet Lee? I can't remember. The lady in the shower. At no point do we see a knife touch her body. There's yeah. no actual Isn't that interesting? And it is it is incredibly scary. For I don't know whatever percentage if I'd done any preparation I would know this but for for such a giant um, percentage of the movie Jaws, you don't see a shark. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, the first scene, my bros, with the, 
the woman swimming out in the beach, she gets taken and you don't see the shark. It's all the shot of her getting pulled down and ah, ah, yeah, and then yep. whoosh, underneath the water with the music. There's no. Then, that's right. And and yeah. we and we are left much like you said with with the with the ring. So fast forward. And this doesn't necessarily this this will get to another point because you could argue, well, what are you talking about? Like the exorcist, you kind of see everything. But the exorcist, you don't see a lot of the explicit famous scenes and the pea soup vomiting and the head turning around. A massive majority of the film bros is working up to that building character. You don't actually it's a it's quite a while. In fact, it has patches of almost like going, Oh, it's a bit boring. We learn about Reagan and her relationship to her mom and, you know, all this all all this sort of stuff that's going on. We you know, the film starts in Iraq, brother. Like it's not it's not you know, it's not a big um they don't go to the exposition too early. Mm. So th- there I have two elements. On one hand, um like you said, the the Saw movie is explicit and shocking because you're looking at a body being dismembered, which just ain't my thing, right? But you know, on the other hand, there's 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 nothing left to my mind. You know, it's that old samurai thing of contemplation of death being worse than death itself. I need to be I need to be left alone with my mind to be going to personalize. You know, no one yeah, can scare right. me more than me, brother. Like in yep. terms of just give give me a bit of the stimulus, like where's the shark? Oh, my God, where's the shark? You know, that sort yeah. of stuff, man. Yeah, exactly. The ring film, you really don't see much of the the creature, whatever it is, the ghost. Yeah. The girl is like Sadako. Yeah, and that, that, that's exactly Sadako. right. She's alluded to this whole time. And and the real gimmick behind it is like for those that haven't seen it, is uh these teenagers find this videotape. And if you watch this videotape, it's got this horrible symbolism and uh, it's really quite eerie. And then once the video is finished, it you get a phone call on your phone and says, You go, you're gonna die in seven days unless you show someone this video. And people don't do it and so they actually die but they're in this contorted way so you don't know how they've died but they've it's been the most horrifying death that you can imagine for them with absolute fear and until the very end of the film you don't know what that horror actually is and so you're left with as i said this really uneasy feeling the whole time Absolutely. and then if you drift over to the uh, like because that was hugely successful and, and terrifying so the americans of course had to have a little stab Oh, they wanted God, to have a crack. God bless them. And then, you know, starring Naomi Watts, and she was great. And set in Japan, at least. At least they, you know, got the, the location correct. They had what a go. What they couldn't help doing is they show you Sadako all the time. Like, all just all the time. the time. So she becomes normalized to you as, like, an entity. You're like, okay, there she is, there she is, there she is. So the final reveal isn't scary because you've seen her the whole film, yeah. you know? And well, it's not a reveal. This no, it's is, not. This, this is the other concept that, that I think you've just delineated. It's not a reveal. It's a repeat. So yes. fast fast forwarding again, and I know you haven't seen this and I'll be respectful, but, um, you know, St- Stephen, Stephen King's It, so It 1 and 2, and in particular It 2. Bro, you see that goddamn clown so many times, particularly in the sequel. Uh, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Oh. Hey, Pennywise, how you going, man? Okay. Yeah, that's Good right. You're terrifying me in that yeah, car oh, again. Okay, and I'm going to run away. And and each character, man, has their like, oh, it's Pennywise. And then they get away. 
So in, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm dead set, cuz. So in one in one fell swoop, you're going well. Let's turn your orange juice into cordial, audience, and also <laughs> yeah. let's 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 kind of show you that this 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 there's no fangs to this beast. It's like the the martial arts or the boxing movies where there's seventy thousand punches. It's like let's just show you that this dude's got no curry on his punches. It's like let's show you that this this dog has no bark, you know, in terms of in terms of the beast. Um, so yeah, I find that the commonality of what we're talking about is. The pacing and the tempo is is more of just like, let's just show you. Let's just, let's, no dinner, no foot rub, no conversation. Let's go straight to the futon. You know, let's (laughs) just, you know, this is the the bad guy. And that, we've seen that done well. We've seen that done poorly. And I would, yeah, so I would would posit that there's many things that I'm encountering these days, i.e. no time for character development, so I don't really give a give a chart if they're killed. I don't really care because I don't know. That's a big one, isn't it? Not connected to them. Yeah. Um, And the jump scare is a huge one that you mentioned, but let's not forget what comes before the jump scare of the false, you know. So they walk over to the cupboard and go, ah, oh, there's no one in there. Then they turn, ah. Yeah, that's right. That's the classic modern trope now, isn't it? And that gives you the the old school jump scare. And that's that's a cheap and tacky sort of, it was effective when it was first happening. A jump scare was like, oh, how dare they do that to me? But now we're all <laughs> expecting it. And so it actually doesn't work anymore. So, you know, we need to get back to basics. Like look at the foundations, knock out those old stumps and rebuild it. Yeah, and um, it's just not, and you bring up a very good point actually, was uh, not caring about, the subjects, not caring about the characters. Like yes. you, if, if you don't care about the person that's in peril, that's just not going to impact you. It's like, oh, about time they got him because he wouldn't stop screaming. I'm done with that. So, yeah. you know, if we're not caring about the characters, and it's like, I remember we discussed a little bit, it was like, you know, um, the perfect example was uh, about, you know, not caring for an established character was really sort of like the, the old classic, sort of star trek trick and this isn't necessarily yes. horror it's just the idea of caring for a character and so if you've got captain picard diana troy and data with you and you're going to investigate a planet you take these guys and then you go oh by the way can i have crewman 17 with this too and then crewman 17's like oh dear oh no god not me i'm not a main character i'm in real strife here it's gonna be me isn't it so <laughs> captain you know crewman 17 all the way down to the planet's going well you know i got a family i'm trying to make myself really important all of a sudden no nope. Before yeah. the first ad yeah. break, Crewman 17's gone. Yeah, Crewman 17's the- <laughs> going, can I, can I just tell you a little bit about myself? I was born in a small country town and, uh, right. you know, one of seven yeah, brothers. My, and my-, my wife is having a baby, etc. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> Absolutely gone. He's he, eaten by the Sarlacc pit in the first ten minutes, and, and even, even even Diana Troy's going, "Shut up! I don't care." Like, <laughs> yes, right. Well, oh. what about what about the actor, man? Like, you're the director, and I'm the actor. I've I've, I've landed Crewman Seventeen on Star Trek. Yes, you know, I'm telling stoked. you, he called your mum. Like, Never guess who I am, mum. Yeah. And I'm coming up to you know, and I'm like, oh, gee, man, um, I'm just noticing that I haven't got a script for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to be in the whole. Season ten, you know, damn, yeah, I really got to call my agent about this one. So this Goodness um this whole scene, um, I've got the notes on like the whole scene where we go down to the to the moon, but I don't have any notes for the scenes after that or for the <laughs> yeah. next week's shoot. 
So it would really help me with my motivation if I knew, you know. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, like, exactly. The director's like, well, uh, you possibly should speak to your agent. Uh, it's been bloody good working with you. you. You know, poor guy's going, I can't find my chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I not get anything from catering? My name's not on the table. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Crewman 17, where are you now? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know? well, but yeah, there it is. Doing I mean, Bunnings, doing Bunnings ads, you know. <laughs> just turning the Bunnings snags. That's all he's doing going, I was Saturday uh, I was on half an episode of Star Trek. I went to NIDA. <laughs> I saw just, Patrick Stewart from a distance. Yeah, just, they <laughs> just just shut up and sell the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, I think we sort of there's a there's a critical thing why um, you know, if you don't care about the characters in a horror film. Yeah. It's sorry, man. Like his his peril just does not care. I, I don't care about him whatsoever. So that yeah. takes away a lot of the scare factor, doesn't it? Well, man, like I've said, like I've said to you when we've discussed this in the past, like I can, I could go out into the middle of the forest and I could watch 90% at night, 90% of what I see in the horror genre. I could not do that with Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. I could not do that with, certainly not do that with The Exorcist. And now you bring it up, I certainly couldn't do it with The Ring. Like, um, as 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 juvenile as that sounds, and I mean, I think I think we we've, we've also discussed this, but sound design, direction, it's just it's so incredibly important. The fact that the the director of The Exorcist included in the exorcism scenes recordings of quote unquote real exorcisms. Mm. That's dude. That's a big. I thing, actually didn't know like, how I felt about that. Like yeah. later on, finding that out, it's like, yeah. ooh. Well, it's terrifying, man. Like, have you seen like raw footage on YouTube of real life exorcisms? Oh, or you know, I use quotation marks there, real life, oh. because I mean, there's a bunch of conjecture whether you know the message of the Lord or the devil gets transferred to generally oh. little girls for some reason. Dude, either way, it's just swimming in a pool that I'm just like going. I don't want to be there. Yeah, I don't want to be there. And I yeah, feel like my towel and I'm going home. I, I will, yeah, I'm gonna go back to my hobbit hole and sit in my hobbit bath. It's just it's just one of those categories where I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to dwell too long on it. <laughs> but yeah. even even the talking about the ring, man, there's a bit of meta going on with that because part of you is sitting there watching that video that they watch. I remember yes. watching that going, Man, if my, my phone- phone's gonna ring. <laughs> Any minute. <laughs> no. My- Why are you showing me this? Why would you do that? I just want to go home. Phone rings. I'm not answering, man. <laughs> That's right. So if you don't answer the phone, you're going to be fine. It's yeah. just like that. Like, Gosh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think there it is, man. Like, there's a fear of the unknown. Like, as you say, like, if the exorcist is giving you real, genuine uh, audio from actual Ooh. exorcisms, and, you know, that's the unknown because generally they speak in tongues or an Aramaic or something really oh. quite profound that we don't understand and it does sound otherworldly. That's exactly. the gimmick. It's something we don't have a point of reference for. And that's the same with Sadako. This is a prophecy and it's terrifying and we don't have any other reference points for it, you know? Yeah. Whereas if you're giving someone the horror genre of like, um, you know, there are so many different genres of horror and we we did discuss um you know the jump scare tactics and and the shock and the gross out which is sore but you know we actually did indulge in something we both did a little bit of homework last night and watched a modern retake of uh, a particular film and 
this leads to the subgenre again of a different sort of horror, which is slasher films. This is what um, what what are, what are our baselines for uh, slasher films? Would be Jason, yeah. Freddy, yes, Halloween, yes, that sort of material. You know, there's a rich a rich pageantry of of, of history there. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go on record as sort of saying. So you set me you you gave me you gave us a really good idea. You're like, hey, if we're gonna talk about genres, if we're gonna talk about stuff in amongst all the other uh, banter, um, let's make sure that we've watched something that was made in the Y2K. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's let's watch let's make sure that we're watching something that's Y2K compliant. Um, and so you set me the task of watching Halloween. 2019 yes. or whatever it is, 2018. Yeah, 2019. And I've got to say, I was really wanting to dislike and hate it more than I did. I wanted yeah. to be yeah. more of a grumpy old man and more of um, – but there was – I mean, I guess the biggest thing that you've got to get through and get around your head is that this, this one is assuming – that all the other movies haven't happened. So this one is just saying this is effectively Halloween 2. So well, it's, you know, it's it's Laurie is no longer family, um, you know, like all, all that all that sort of stuff. So once I got over that, because I, I am the duffer that's watched Halloween 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. You know, I've watched mm. them all, including the Rob Zombie remakes, which I, which I was okay with. Um, so, yeah, there's just a part of you that has to go, all right, well, they've taken a position there of all the other ones didn't happen, and I'm okay with that, actually. It's like, yeah. Well, all right. I was I was going in ready to take a red-hot dump all over it, to be honest yeah. with you. And, yeah. you know, there were a few dumpy moments, but the point well, is they were. it was actually it was serviceable was the point. And, you know, I don't know. I can't remember when the original Halloween uh, appeared. It was early, early 80s, yeah? Yeah, um, something When like that. sort of like all the, the slasher horror films sort of started appearing and Michael Myers was one of those dudes along with, you know, Leatherface and Freddy and Jason, oh, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, but what these they did the, was, um, these are the men that raised us, G man. <laughs> I know. Look at us now, man. And look at us now. <laughs> no wonder we and, don't um, integrate well. We're not integrating well. And that's why we're at home right now, you know, <laughs> shunning <laughs> society or more so society shunning us. Yeah, but, um, works but I, I did, I did wander into this wanting to take a red hot dump all over it. Um, and it, honestly, it didn't give me much of a chance to because it was serviceable. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, wasn't. Yeah the scary film that I wanted it to be because it was the slasher thing. And I've seen a dozen of these things before, but because of the original timeline of, uh, of the film and in fact, just chronologically when it was set, you know, being early eighties, a lot of the costumes, a lot of, it was definitely set now, but yeah, a lot of the yeah, costumes yeah, yeah. and tone and vibe, blah, 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 really had that early eighties Midwestern America feel. So they, I mean, the original was John Carpenter. Yeah. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And this one was written by Danny McBride, dude, you know, yeah of um eastbound and down fame which sort of was felt a bit bizarre for me but there were a few danny mcbride-isms in there like that i just thought were actually pretty genuinely funny you well, know which was surprising that's a that's a tricky bit isn't it because some people i know um have had had issue with the comedy in it like the two cops sitting in the car talking about the 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 the, take the lunch food. that they brought for dinner yeah yeah and all that sort of stuff but I didn't mind it. I in I in fact felt that it was like Danny McBride or whoever trying to go. 
um, yeah, trying to go. Listen, I'm just trying to create someone that you give a ca- crap about. Yeah. Um, I will. I will say that you know because allegedly John Carpenter was involved in the creation of this again. So and uh, look, that name's been bandied around. I think in two and three, he was kind of involved, but. I sort of did a bit of digging and he's got writing credits, he's got production credits now. Um, And I think it was felt in this. Some of the, dude, some of the camera work and some of the scenes were fantastic, but very derivative of the first one. But that scene where it starts off with Michael Myers looking in the window Mm. at a person on the phone who's been rung by someone going, holy shit, there's, you know, holy crap, there's all these, uh, there's all these, you know, murders going along, and the person's going, "Wow, thank you for letting me know. I'll be careful." Scene starts with Maya's face reflected in the window, so it starts with a rear shot of his back and his body, and you can see him looking in, pans across to just a reflection. In the space of the dialogue, because the reflection backs off and disappears, and then the one singular shot stays as he walks around the back, comes in the door, and we see. From outside his former POV, him murder the woman. Yeah, you know? and get it from um, his point of view for which is often incredibly rare. Like that was because um, we stuck with him in that single shot for quite some time. Yeah, um, which some, you normally wouldn't do. There was some clever um, long continuous takes. Like I was like, wow, man, that's one. That is, you know, one shot. It really is. Like you know, following. Um, there's one scene where you know the cop follows. Um, the cop that originally arrives follows Michael down the stairs and then out the front door and then out down the side of the house. It's like, wow, that's steady cam one shot. That's yeah, okay. That's pretty cool for not breaking um, immersion. Um, so yeah, dude, I, I I was not I was not ready. So comparing, I guess two two sort of two sort of marks like Stephen King, it and it too. I I just I just a bore. I I couldn't stand them. But you know this one man, like this was okay. Yeah, and I liked I liked you know like Will Will Patton as the as the cop. I love the fact that he's back. You know he's yeah exactly. You know, yeah, um, it was fantastic reusing original actors. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, and she was actually fantastic because she had some Sarah Connor guff going. Oh, I'm you know, she so was glad you went she's there. She's gone all buff and tough and angry, and you know, everyone thinks she's crazy, but she's actually been the, on the money the whole time. And she's done it. She's got a whole, you know, basement full of guns, and the whole house is like a like a, a death trap, just in waiting to get that guy into the basement and to trap him in there. You know, brilliant, hundred percent. And but the problem that I do have is like <laughs> huge yes, spoiler alert, of course. If you're not going to work it, the problem that I have with this big time is that sure they get they manage to get Michael into the basement and the whole point is going to fill that basement full of gas and then set fire to the place. But you've got so many guns in your hands. He's looking right at you. He can't get you. Why do you not fill that guy's head full of bullets to make sure that he's come apart completely? I'm not convinced that setting fire to the house and walking away, not making sure he's dead is the way to go. Once again, it'll set up a little thing where, oh, he managed to get out a little vent or something, you know, or yeah, I wasn't convinced. You t- you chop that guy's head off and you send his head to um, Ohio and you take the rest of his body and you put it elsewhere so that he can't, come on, destroy that guy. 
Don't my, just rely on the house burning down. And therein, and therein lies my biggest problem and my allusion back to one of the reasons why I think horror movies tend to suck more these days is they they stir up all manner of mayhem, cuz all manner of like you know. St- Buddy, it too, he becomes a big weird ass spider, giant spider at the end of the movie. Like, but that's more, you know, that's more um, weirdness and cocainium of, uh, you know, Stephen King. But um, they don't offer any explanation. And, and perhaps it's my passion and love of episodic based television, but they do not ever offer any explanation for origins of it. This is what it is. This is what it was. This is why it's happening. And I and I do like a bit of that. Now, with, with this movie, um, they left the door open, in my opinion, on two points. Number one, man, totally valid. Like, just just wet the wet the dude's t-shirt up, like just rain bullets upon him. Why wouldn't you yeah. do it? Yeah. Um, they leave the door open there. The other thing is they leave the door open at the end. I don't know if you remember, they pan down to the last shot and they make a point of the youngest daughter, the granddaughter, sitting the there. Knife. She's got the knife, cuz. Yeah, so right. I reckon they might have left the door open to say, well, she might be, it might carry through. Like, I don't know. But yeah. what yeah. I what I really have always found challenging, particularly with Halloween, is like I would love some insight into what is going on. Some other bad sequels have tried to do it, but it's like, I want, I, is he a demon? Is he undead? We have seen that. Ca- I mean, in the original, he's shot, what, five or six times, man. Yeah. Like, we've seen some terrible other other incarnations in the series, but why is he immortal? I don't get it. And I like the fact that the doctor tried to posit that perhaps his need to kill Laurie, perhaps that is- Keeping him alive. Yeah. Bro, man. Yeah. That dude, even just in that movie alone, he gets blasted with a magnum. He gets shot, stabbed, you know, maimed. Like at one point when he's down on the ground, it's confirmed that he's dead. Like they're like, oh, you know, I can't hear him breathing. He's dead. Like- G-Man, WTF, what in your opinion, is is this guy immortal? Is he a demon? Is he, because he just- Very good question, man. I've got a problem Um, with it, mate. I really do. I do too. Um, And in the opening sort of scene when the two journalists are going to see him in the lockup and they've got him on the outside chained to this enormous block with like a two meter square around him where no one can step into for fear of getting, you know, and he's surrounded by, there's another 10 or 15, you know, other sort of crazy minded folk of varying persuasions on the outside as well. And so when um, this journalist provokes him by whipping out his mask, because you never see Michael Myers true face. You never see it. You know, these eyes no. dead from earlier, you know, encounters with Laurie in the eighties, but um, you never see his true face. And then when they whip out the mask, something happens and they're baiting him and you can see something's happening because all the psychos in the yard start to go crazy and the dogs the guard dogs start barking so there is something else there was a, a you know a seething spirit happening there and it was a contemptible thing exactly and so then that's never explored again that's that was cool man i thought maybe no. we we're going to get an answer there just a little bit and but it's no. dropped yeah yeah but so, this is yeah. that lends me to an just a a quick other idea is that, and that's where this falls flat. And this is my example is the fact that, and the other one you mentioned, you know, modern one that you witnessed was uh, it. These films as well. Needed an SH. 
they really are not original. And these are both direct sequels slash remakes slash reboots. And where are the new intellectual properties? We're remaking the old stuff all the time, trying to give it a new coat of paint. And it's yeah. not working. Yeah. That's we're what's just, happening. There's nothing new. We're sick of reskins. I cannot stand. I am triggered by the word a reimagining. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, a shimmering reimagining of a yeah. classic tale. It's like, okay, that's just, you had nothing, did you? You had a room full of dudes that are quote unquote writers. They had nothing. It's like, yeah, we'll just do the same movie again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like fighting on my plate and expecting me to call it foie gras. It's just not going to happen. Exactly. And I, I just don't enjoy that. And we, I mean, Jesus, this is another thing. This could be another show as well. Just the, um, oh, the constant remakes of everything. Oh, very. TV shows, et cetera. We're, we're doing it all again, you know. We're reskinning it and it's so generic now. I That's propose, why we're not getting scared. I propose that let's let's do that for our next step. Let's talk about yeah. remakes. We need to pull it Absolutely. apart because, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I've got, geez, I've got thoughts. I've got There are shining examples. Thoughts. There are some amazing examples of really classily and uh, thoughtfully done versions of remakes, but there are also some piss poor versions as well. There's lots and, of poop. You know, yeah, There's and Halloween sits, you know, on the spectrum of oh. on the poopy side. My my thing, my thing is this: like, like you said, there were moments in this that you cannot you cannot fault the filmmaking. It was beautifully shot. the The acting was fantastic. I, I I'm gonna I would give this a passable score. I'd say, you know what, grab a bowl of popcorn and 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 you know have a watch. Um, but you it's won't be surprised. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the one thing, you know, to, to, to sort of wind this crazy train towards an end, G-Man, is the one thing that I really did like and people may not like about it. And I do. I know in, my, in one breath I was like, I want greater reason. What is this guy? But I do love the fact, man, that they just brought it back to this is an unpredictable, menacing psychopath who has no un- who has no palpable motives other than to just swim around like a shark in a tank and kill people. Because yes. in in the other sequels, they took that away, and it was like, eh. That to me is actually what is most scary about Michael Myers is that yeah, he's just a menacing psycho. Dude, he's just going to walk house to house and just do it. anyone in there. That's all he's going to no do. No reason. There's no motive really apart from the fact that he's pretty much pure evil. He was kind That's of, in, in many ways, he was kind of like the first Terminator. Like, mm. because, you know, it's weird. He he apparently can't be killed. He can't stop. He doesn't feel anything. He um, doesn't- eat he doesn't need to sleep he's going to kill you and that's his modus operandi and that's it you know and that so that that for me the the movie overall got a lot more points for just i guess what you what what you know you alluded to it took a position it just went all right i'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm not gonna i'm not gonna win points for originality but i might get some points back for approach it was like okay yeah. let's let's if you if if you're going to not be original then just go back to the stuff that worked not to the stuff that you think's gonna sell you know so yeah, that's right like i said the camera work um all all of that sort of stuff and yeah the, some of those ideas that scene with the psychos all reacting to the mask was just beautiful i do feel like they touched on it again a little bit later g-man with the twist obviously spoilers but with the crappy twist where the psychologist put it on yeah 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 it was um, something i thought like that was sort of like wow it's been totally transferred like yeah michael myers isn't 
a, a, a physical thing. He's actually like a, an entity that can, inf- and that's what that actually got me for a second. I thought, oh, dude, okay. So Michael Myers has been able to transfer his, his oh, horrorness into another person. Or, or, you know, it's the mask. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, exactly because I'm I I feel like I've done better preparation and watched the first one, but you know, it's kind of like did he did the initial things, but then you know he's wearing the mask the whole time when he's committing all those heinous things. It's and and is that why he's just been passive and silent and 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 quiet when he's incarcerated because yeah. the mask is off. It's almost well, I mean, that I can know? destroy that immediately because he went crazy and kill those journalists in the bathroom stall to get the mask. Ah, you know okay. what I mean? So he yeah, killed yeah, those yeah. dudes and everyone in the gas station and then went out to their car and then in the boot, there's his mask. That's right. So yeah, there was a, there was a greater need for him to get that mask at the time. Maybe it was calling to him, man. Maybe it is something, you know, Yeah. in all honesty, but yeah, that, that could have been explored, I think, and give him, giving him a bit more, I don't know, you know, prophecy behind it. And then there's this ancient Indian thing they find of the killer Totally. You know, give him a give him a spirit, give him something else, man. Yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah, to just yeah. an unexplained psycho. Yeah, you know, because yeah. that's what Freddie and Jason are—they're tormented creatures, and they they like have to a kill reason. And slash, that's well, right. Michael you know, might seem to. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, the end product of him being just this mindless, menacing killer with no outward motive—I don't mind. But yeah, give us a backstory as to what yeah. created that. Um, that that would be fascinating, but. You, you know, in the words of the great Rolling Stones song, brother, you don't always, you can't always get what you want, you know? That's right. Um, oh, but, uh, thank you, Mick. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, bless but, his soul. God bless his cotton socks. But that being said, my brother, it has been such a, a lovely chat. Um, yeah. Thanks, and, man. Uh, I look forward to. Uh, I think that's what we do. This is this is an insight into our preparing live audience. Like, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's unpack um, remakes in our in our next discussion. Yep, love it. And we've got a whole gamut of things to get done. And um, one of the things we did touch on too was um, it was a very broad topic, which was best action film of all time. And oh. when we endeavoured to get through that, um, that was a two and a half hour conversation. We still had many more things to say, but halfway through, we realised that is um, a little bit too broad because yeah. there are, you know, I consider a lot of sci-fi being action oh, and yeah. horror, mind oh, you, yeah. that's something we didn't even touch on. Sci-fi, horror, Alien, yeah. Terminator, blah, I know. blah, 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 Event Horizon, come on. Don't, you know, don't go there are, now. <laughs> I know. You see, I'm starting to open up that bag of worms and they're big and hungry, man. You've, so, got, you've got hungry you know, worms. I love yeah. it, my brother. So we're going to attempt to shoehorn our, um, our topics into a little, bit, uh, a little bit more refined in the future. Um, yeah. Or perhaps not, you know, yeah. whatever the listeners enjoy. So we'd love to hear about it in the comments section. Perhaps if there's a film, a genre, an idea that you would like us to broach and um, pull apart with our hobbitish, hairy-footed minds, we will do our best. Oh, so um, let us know in the comment section. I love it, brother. I love it. All right, my dude, Let's uh, and, until now, let's adjourn until the next time when we, uh, when we pontificate fine, finer vicissitudes. Hey, boss, it's been an absolute pleasure, and you have been listening to The Manchildian Candidate. Yeah.